welcome to the penultimate episode of the 180DC podcast. You're currently listening to episode 9 of season 1, so if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to check out the previous ones. If you don't know who 180 Degrees Consulting is, we are the world's largest student-run consultancy for non-profits and social enterprises, and so this episode is brought to you by the 180 Degrees Consulting branch from the University of Melbourne. As per usual, always feel free to have a listen to our prologue for a better understanding of what this podcast aims to achieve, or visit our socials. There are timestamps below for better browsing access to areas and episodes you wish to navigate to, as well as the social for this week's guests, so you can check out their profile whilst listening. Enough for me for now, let's get into this week's episode. So, welcome to another episode of the 1ADC podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dang, and we're dedicating some of our episodes to touch base for alumni of 180 Degrees Consulting. So, this week, we're connecting with alumni from the US. So, I have the huge honor of chatting with Esther Wang this episode. So, Esther, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. The honor's all mine. I'm very flattered. Uh, it's a nice mix-up to have someone outside of Australia and also just chat with mm. alumni in general, since we've touched base with alumni from 180 in the past, but never with anyone that resided in the States. Uh, Esther, oh, you have I a very curious background in that sense that you mix in terms of the experiences you've had. And by that, I mean, your experiences range towards dipping your toe into entrepreneurship, You've worked with 180DC in social impact, you've worked in strategy and analytics, and you've also ventured out into the world of commerce and tech. And so I would really love an introduction about yourself and also your journey in and out 180DC. Yeah, sure. I would love to. So a couple of years ago, I graduated from UC Irvine in Southern California with a degree in business economics and art history. Um, during college, you know, I raised my hand for a lot of things. One of my earliest professional experiences is collaborating to develop a virtual reality service provider brand for business launch. Um, so, you know, I kind of dabbled in everything, helped out with marketing, sales, pricing strategies, etc. After that, um, I worked abroad a couple of times, actually, during college. So something that I did was help out with the public relations forum in Beijing, um, so I got to co-host international forum with about 100 ambassadors and political leaders, help translate. So I'm actually from Beijing. So it was nice to go back to my hometown for an internship. Um, I also really loved making an impact through pro bono consulting. You know, um, 180 was honestly like one of the best professional experiences that I've had. I think it was really great to meet so many different clients and work with many businesses and help them out. Um, so that was amazing. <laughs> It reminisces for me quite well why I reached out to you in the first place. I think that introduction was quite well-versed in terms of the summary of a background. So thank you. Very random. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So generally, I would have a couple of themes I wanted to achieve with our time on this episode. But I think, honestly, Mm -hmm. as we're reaching almost the end of our first ever season of the podcast, I just wanted to take a break away from career deep dives since we've been doing a lot of those and just have an episode that's dedicated to profiling the guests, touching on topics like um, mental health and self-care, which as this episode continues on, you'll come to understand why I have Esther on for today's shoot. But I wanted to follow up a little bit and ask about your life after 180DC and after graduation, because it's amazing what a lot of our alumni have gone on to achieve after their time in 180DC, after going to strategy consulting, they work in the world of tech, to uh, working to places like uh, United Nations where they get to implement their social impact on a greater level. Esther, you mentioned your path led you to graduate from bachelor's from UC Irvine and also your current destination at Zoom. Can you shed some light on your story since graduation and how your path has illuminated since then? 
Yeah, absolutely. I love to. So after graduating, I took a full-time position with Disney. It was an internship position though on their costuming strategy and metrics team. So I did a lot of data analysis, optimizing processes. It was great. It was my dream company at the time. And, you know, it's always very fun um, going into the park during your lunch break and doing a ride. You know, sometimes I get stressed out and I just go take a stroll. (laughs) So that's great. Um, But, you know, after that, I moved to the Bay Area because a lot of the companies that I was interested in um, were in the Bay Area. And I think I needed to challenge myself and grow and get out of the bubble that I was in during college a little bit. Um, so I actually moved to the Bay Area without a job and, um, you know, like went through the whole job search process. It's very competitive here, but um, eventually I um, decided to work at Pottery Barn. Um, so they're a part of Williams Sonoma. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I don't know how popular it is in Australia, but um, I was doing business analysis for about 1.5 years. And it was amazing. Like, I love everyone that I work with, but I kind of wanted something slightly more creative. I feel like I was working in Excel all day, every day. It was a lot of numbers. And I think that was great. But a part of me, you know, craved that like creative outlet. Um, So I did have my hobbies on the side to help with that. But also around the same time, a couple of recruiters from Zoom reached out to me about a position on their brand marketing team. And I felt really lucky and I took it. So right now um, it's been about five months. Um, I work at Zoom on some internal programs, customer appreciation, event planning, et cetera. Wow. Uh, From the perspective of someone who has lived in the Southern Hemisphere his whole life, I think what you said right there in terms of moving to the Bay Area seemed like a, it seemed like a definitely crazy gamble as a whole. And really uh, seeing the things that you've achieved since graduation and how I how well you're able to construct your story as we are speaking about it in the moment right now. I really empathize with a lot of these hardships you had to endure to get to where you are today. And as you mentioned, being from Australia though, I'm not really familiar with the university culture in the US, but uh, word has it that the States, uh, specifically the Bay Area, can really be referred to as life with the hustle culture or the job hunt grind can be quite difficult sometimes. And so I want to ask if you can elaborate on that a little bit more. And did you face a lot of uh, difficulty when you were job hunting and perhaps how you combated this environment as a whole? Yeah, definitely. So to touch on your quick point, or quickly touch on your point about the hustle culture, I think it's funny that you bring it up because it's just normal to me. Um, So it's hard for me to realize like how much more of a hustle culture we have, but I can totally see it. Um, during college freshman year, I definitely burned out. Um, I was taking more than the maximum amount of units I had to apply for it. I don't know why I decided to do that to myself. I was in a lot of clubs. I was a part of a dance team that I sometimes practiced from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Um, and I was like, you know, doing internships on this side as well. So I think it took me a while to realize um, like how to prioritize and how to, you know, focus my time and energy on things that interest me the most. And in terms of moving to the Bay Area, so yeah, I think it was tough. I remember, um, so I moved a little bit before the pandemic. So I remember like going to an in-person job fair and everyone was literally wrapped around the building and, you know, they all had master's degrees and everyone seemed super smart. I was just thinking like, I remember thinking to myself like, yeah, like I'm definitely not going to get a job like this. (laughs) You know, it was, it was a lot of people like, Yeah, so lots of opportunities in the Bay Area, but also a lot of qualified people. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think it was discouraging. I was doing it for a few months. So I actually do feel quite lucky. I know sometimes it could go for way longer than that. I think 
it's just about you know like taking some time for yourself when you need it. Of course, like most days, you have to push yourself a little bit,、um, even if it feels discouraging. But sometimes, you know, you have to be honest with yourself and be like, okay, yeah, you can take a break for a couple of days and just not think about this. I feel like being unemployed is kind of like a vacation, but you're constantly stressed. <laughs> Bad analogy. Bad analogy. <laughs> yeah.、Um, so sometimes you know you just gotta take your vacation. <laughs> like recruiting is a full time job for sure. You're doing a lot of projects. You know, you're doing so many interviews.、Um, so yeah, I think you touch point on probably one of the most important things there of、uh, being a college student or in the job hunt grind itself, which is、mm. you sometimes will get to take care of yourself because you're too busy prioritizing things that. Will impact your future in the long run, right?、Um, getting internships or experience on TV Asian Maria,、uh, networking and scheduling coffee chats with recruiters.、Uh, also in college, pushing for good grades. I think all these things that do make you exceptional and a standout candidate. But Esther, you mentioned something super on point, which was sometimes that may not actually be the best usage of your time and effort in the moment. Things like self care and refixing your mental is also quite important. But actually, Esther, I wanted to ask you if you have your own personal self care routine that you do to look after yourself because I'm quite curious myself on having endured burnout. What routines you've set up for yourself to alleviate the chances of burnout happening again? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think my routine changes、um, for every company that I'm in because the culture is different and like what works. Um, it's gonna be different, but currently, what I do is usually like after eight hours of work, I'll try to you know sign off and like get dinner with the friends, and then on weekends, you know, like I'll block off like Saturday for like no no work,、um, and just like go to the farmers markets,、um, go to a yoga class like at the beach during sunset time. That always makes me feel so zen, <laughs> and trying to have a nighttime routine too, like putting my phone away like about an hour before I actually go to bed.、Um, this helps me a lot.、Mm. Yeah, definitely some things our listeners at home can add to their routine. There,、mm-hmm. I know for a fact that my current vice president here at One ABC personally recommended things like、uh, deep breathing exercises and also meditation、mm-hmm. to revitalize mindset after rough days of work. So,、um, shout out to Amin for putting me on that routine. But I also wanted to take a moment and really continue down this trajectory of reflection because having highlighted your experiences thus far, I think it's quite impeccable. Esther, you seem to live life on the edge and really have this personality to take up a lot of different opportunities to develop yourself. Um, like you mentioned from your introduction, you personally took up leadership roles in different student societies at uni. Uh, you've done internships, you've gone on exchange, and really you've now pivoted to working full time at a large tech company. And if we change professional stances to things in your spare time, I read that your hobbies consist of. A、uh, weird mix of things,、uh, including like traveling,、uh, photography. Remember correctly, aviation was in there as well. <laughs> I remember from our chat as well earlier on. You mentioned you also had a few new hobbies during lockdown, and additionally, you can speak French as well. But personally, where does all the energy to do this come from?、Uh, why do you feel this need to continuously push yourself to achieve more than the norm? Yeah, definitely. I think it's very interesting that you say that because. I don't know that I achieve more than the norm. <laughs>、um, I think I actually could do much more, and you know maybe that's what you're talking about with this like <laughs> mindset that we have. I do have friends who put in way more effort, and I guess it is just the norm here. I do feel like I could take my hobbies much further if I put in more effort, but you know I think the way that I am is 
like, I just try, I tend to keep my hobbies as hobbies but a lot of people here in the Bay Area like do have you know like real side businesses like side hustles it's basically like they have like two or three jobs it's pretty crazy I think quite a few people that I'm close friends with could do any one of the two or three things that they do as a full-time job but they choose to do all of them oh <laughs> yeah it's um it's pretty apparent I think like the culture shift once I moved to the Bay Area I think people in Southern California were a little bit more chill yeah people here love work <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not a right thing to say but it's a stereotype and I think it's true for some people but about my hobbies um so yeah it's like I was really into traveling before the pandemic and then during the pandemic um, I got very into floral design is my quarantine hobby um, because, you know, it's one of the few things that you could do from home when um, the lockdown was really serious and you really couldn't go out. And I just fell in love with it. I think flowers are really beautiful. And the more I learned about them, um, you know, the more I felt they were like little miracles. And I love making people happy by delivering flowers. And sometimes on the weekends when I have extra stems, I'll just like go to a park and give them away. <laughs> I guess that's a form of self-care as well. And I recently fell in love with film photography, too. Um, I've been doing digital photography for years, but film photography is more so for myself instead of clients because um, it just makes you feel more in the moment and present and just notice the beautiful things that are around you. It's great. It's a great experience. <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing, but I also take voice lessons. <laughs> I started that this year, um, and I, I think it's funny because usually when I tell people that they think, oh my gosh, like you must be a singer or you must be great, but it's actually the opposite. Like I'm horrible, which is why I'm taking lessons because, you know, I just want to be less embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually not someone who puts hours towards each of those things on a daily basis. Like a lot of people do. Um, I think I could be more consistent, but I generally just do things that, you know, I naturally gravitate towards. Um, I think it's important for everyone to have hobbies outside of work that, you know, like, give you a creative outlet or like keep you in shape, you know, or give you more knowledge, etc. Definitely. I think in my book, this is a weird thing to say, but in my book, you can screenshot a photo of Esther and put that photo <laughs> next to the word ambitious in the dictionary. Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but because ambitions to just enjoy life is something I feel we can all take some time out today. Oh, I love that. Esther about. If not, if not ambitious, um, we'll go with the word like, Ambivert, for example, given you have a mix oh. of both extrovert hobbies, aviation, and also introvert hobbies, like uh, photography and flower design in your book of fun. It's really out of the ordinary to do an episode like this, if I have to say so myself, where we're really profiling the guests. So I'm going to veto the tradition on how we end episodes generally here on the podcast. And normally we do it with a final reeling question, but I wanted to do two of these that the audience can really learn more about this other side of you, Esther. So my first yeah. final reading question is kind of poetic in itself, but it's life gives you experiences that become instilled as memories you share with yourself and the stories you share with others. And so Esther, what is one story about yourself that you don't get to tell enough? Yeah, I would love to answer that. What a great question. A story that I don't get to tell very often that actually impacted me a lot as a person is um, moving to the U.S. by myself when I was 11. Um, so yeah, I'm a first-generation immigrant, and um, I moved without my parents. So it was difficult for me because I didn't speak any English, like literally zero. I was, I mean, they would teach us, you know, back in school, but I was the worst student. <laughs> um, and I would always be embarrassed to speak it. So yeah, it was tough because, you know, I miss my family, I miss my friends. 
it was hard to make friends at school when you didn't speak the language. But you know, after a year, like I was able to adapt and be okay with it. I think what that experience taught me is like how adaptable and resilient we can be. Um, and although you know my experience wasn't super tough, you know, it's like I still had people who like cared for me here in the states. Um, it wasn't like I just moved completely on my own. I know many, many people have it way worse and more difficult. Um, but for me, that was still a big step. Um, so I think that made me less afraid to you know move to different places and just like jump into new industries because I know that I'll just adapt, <laughs> and like so will everyone. I think. Yeah, I mean it's adaptation in terms of the sense that. I mean, one of your hobbies is traveling now, in a sense that you become very. It's a commonality in a sense that you're really good in venturing out to new places and new environments, and it's taught you a lot. Second question is, if you had to give a thirty-minute presentation of anything right now without preparation, what topic would you choose and why? Oh, that's such a good question. I might need a bit to think about this. Um, already. If I had thirty minutes to talk about anything, I would love to talk about mental health because I think it's a topic that we could all be more transparent about, whether it's with our families, friends, or even in the workplace,、um, because you know it is something that affects every area of our lives. So I started going to therapy this past year,、um, and I think it's something that everyone would benefit from,、um, even if you don't have a severe condition.、Um, so some things that I encountered that affected my mental health, and well. I guess to go back in the sentence, I would love to just share, you know, a few mindset changes that help that helped me this year、um, in terms of like stuff that I encountered and、um, how I altered that mindset. If that if that makes sense.、Um, so the first thing would be just like knowing that all of my feelings are here to help me.、Um, I feel like in the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, went through a lot of have a lot of emotions, and I sometimes you could be so quick to label this one as bad and that one as good. Um, when all of them, you know, are here to help you, and it may not seem like it, but I feel like there's always a good reason why you're feeling something, and there's always an action that you can take.、Um, and the second thing that really helped me, I think this kind of pertains in the workplace. Like,、um, you know, I don't know if you guys ever find yourself like comparing like your professional, you know, like projection to others. I think this. This is less relevant to me in terms of professional career, but like you know, like I've experienced this in other areas of my life too. So. Something that really helps me when I compare is just isolating the thing that I'm maybe jealous of to the person. So, for example, you know, if someone has a great internship, and like, let's say I feel bad about myself because of it, I'll ask myself, like, would I still be jealous of this person if they didn't have that great position, you know, that I want? And the answer would probably be no. And so, what that does for me is it separates.、Um, You know the job from the person because sometimes when I feel like I'm comparing, I feel bad about myself. That's my primary emotion, and then I'll have secondary emotions of guilt. You know, feeling like, oh, like why am I jealous? You know, I shouldn't feel this way, and that kind of spirals into making me feel even worse. So what this does for me is just pinpointing that、I、really want is just a job. You know, like, and that gives me more direction in terms of like, okay, what I need to do, you know, to be in that similar position, and it's not necessarily about that person or this like quote unquote negative feeling. Let's see. There's probably a bunch of other things that I could talk about too. I don't know if this is helpful, but it helped me. So here we go. <laughs> it really is helpful in a sense, and th- thank you for opening up about that, especially on a podcast itself to share that you go to therapy, you take some time out for yourself. It's really this is falls back onto what I said in the introduction on why Esther is such a good guest to discuss topics like this. <laughs> it's really because I think you're a great protagonist in your own story, and that's a nice <laughs> touch because 
That is my Maya Briggs personality type. Yeah. But I think this is really fun and nice out of the ordinary podcast shoot, if I have to say so myself. So I wanted to thank you, Esther, for hopping on and answering some very personal questions. If I had to be completely honest, these questions took a deeper dive than I thought they would, but it was nice to just really chat about personality type topics once in a while and really deviate away from the corporate life just for a minute to learn about the other side of the full-time job. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's been so great chatting with you.